Welcome back to Your Tech Report. We're back on Your Tech Report. Please follow along with us on all our social media. It is at Your Tech Report, of course, on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, etc., etc. I am Marco Flalo, as always, with Mitchell, Whit- Mitchell Whitfield. Mitchell, I'll get your, your name right. Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, how, how many years have we been doing this? You get my name right? I was Come joking off the, off the air with our next guest that I, I always screw up names. And, of course, here I go screwing you up your up name mine. after five years, right? Um, better mind than his. It's fine. I want to bring on our next guest. I don't want to lead any. This, I don't want to waste any more time because Mark Kaufman is the global director of EV marketing and distribution at Ford, a company we are all familiar with. Mark, you're at the LA Auto Show. How is you? How are you feeling? How's the vibe there? Oh, the, I tell you what. When you start hearing the uh, Uber drivers talking about your product, <laughs> as the word of mouth is spreading that fast, you know you you know you've had a good reveal. You know, and I, I told you this off the air. I watched the unveil of this new, um, they call it the Mustang-inspired SUV, but it's going its going by the Mustang name, is it not? It is. This, this vehicle actually went through a pivot partway through its life where uh, it started out its life as, I would say, a more normal crossover SUV. And we realized that given the number of EVs launching, that we had to do more than make a good product. It had to be great. And that's when we said, you know, what, what could we do if we leaned into our iconic Mustang brand in addition to our coupe and and could this electric vehicle live up to that pony and the reputation and credibility that's required? Well, you know, so I watched the unveil on Sunday as it was happening, and I totally forgot, out of all my excitement, and I, my wife watched it with me, I, I totally forgot to talk to Mitchell about it until yesterday, and we both got all schoolgirl giddy when we brought it up on the phone, right, Mitchell? <laughs> like, I mean, I, I think my no, reaction ab- was literally absolutely. that. Absolutely. I know, and and Mark, just so you know, and I'm I'm not you, Mark, the other Mark. Um, my family, we've been we've been a Ford family for a long time. We've had Ford SUVs for as long as I can remember. And talk about a little bit of pressure. Talk about a little bit of pressure that you guys put on yourselves, and now that you're starting to hear from the outside as well. You have one of the most iconic names in all all the land of automobiles throughout history. That that Mustang name and the reputation that Ford has in the SUV segment, basically owning that segment for so many decades. No pressure there. New SUV has the Mustang name. No pressure on you guys, right? And the way I would have you think about that, you know, some people have said, "Oh, well, what what's what's the, you know, your huge enthusiast going to think about that?" And I'd say, trust me. Those huge enthusiasts work for Ford Motor Company, right? Some of these guys, I mean, love Mustang. They, they literally, and, and some of our, our leadership team, uh, Hao Tai Tang and Dave Parasek, actually were former chief engineers of the Mustang, so they know the customer, they know the product. And if you think about this, the first time that it was mentioned, well, could we lean into Mustang? You know, there were some of those people that looked at us and said, for an electric SUV, um, are you sure? Right, so we really brought even internally to the company some of the biggest critics in to say, if we're going to do this, we want to do it right. What does the product have to do to live up to that Mustang pony on the front? And I tell you what, the, I, I couldn't ask for better results from you know the the design team, from our engineering team, from our vehicle dynamics team, because the car lives up to it both from a design standpoint and from a performance standpoint. Yeah, I, w- I was going to ask you about the performance because if you look at the design, if you look at the front of this vehicle, there's that unmistakable Mustang influence, and you'll see it right from right right from the front. Uh, talk a little bit about the performance, uh, what this vehicle has in terms of power. Uh, what can potential new owners? I know a lot of people are going to be signing up to get this car right away. What can potential new owners look forward to in terms of not, not only the design but the performance of this new Mach E? So let, let me explain maybe one thing to to your listeners about how does SUV and electric combined work together? Because that's usually the question I get of, well, maybe an electrified right. coupe, but why? And, and the answer is the following. First of all, with our big battery pack, you're talking about 1,300 pounds of weight right next to the ground. 
So even though this is an SUV body style that gives you the ability to carry four friends with you when you're driving someplace because it's a five-seater, uh, and having space for gear and stuff and anything you might need for your hobbies on the weekends. In addition to that, it has the third lowest center of gravity out of any product listed in Ford. Number one is the GT. Number two is the Mustang Coupe. And we're literally only about 25 to 30 millimeters higher for that center of gravity. So with that wide stance and that weight low, uh, it, it makes for great performance. Now, this 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 is something obviously that and this starts and people are going to think okay you know it depend, there are always different versions of the vehicle right you know different trim levels Ford has done that for years every car manufacturer does different trim levels but even at and I, I don't even want to say base because the connotation there is that or the implication there is that oh you're getting a watered down stripped down vehicle you're not even the base version of the Mach E has plenty of power and plenty of features correct yeah and and you know similar to the Mustang our our, our product portfolio whether you buy the base V6 Mustang EcoBoost and the conventional coupe going all the way up to the GT500. We want to provide great value for money no matter where you buy. So the base vehicle for this vehicle actually is really nicely equipped. Um, it's listed at 43895 not including destination and delivery, but customers will still get that $7,500 incentive coming off of that. So really you're talking about mid-36 for essentially a brand brand new vehicle with latest technology. Now, what's the reaction been, I mean, obviously from journalists and everybody on site, is it, I, th- I think the, the word you, you I mean, they clamoring to get inside that vehicle on the auto show floor? I, I tell you what, this is the one, there's some, some things bring a smile to my face. So one of the things we're doing, because we've launched a reservation system, because uh, with our battery supply, we, we are going to be constrained with how many units we can produce. And with batteries, you want that plant running nonstop. So our actual volume call and what we're producing, we think demand's going to be higher. We put a reservation site up that's opened up on Sunday at the reveal, so customers can reserve theirs, which is important. Uh, one of the and that, for the auto show, customers can come to the LA Auto Show and reveal. The thing that brought a smile to my face is journalists who were attending the auto show were on our website reserving the <laughs> So any when you when you get when you get journalists now putting their name down on the reservation list, you, you know you've got something special. Oh, I was going to say, Mark, that they are, they are usually, or I guess we are part of that as well, the toughest crowd out there. But the nice part is, uh, especially when you talk about auto journalists, you know, automotive journalists also are huge car fans. So as much as they're there to pick things apart, they're also there to support as car lovers themselves. I, I want to jump a little bit away from the performance right now because we know there's plenty of that and we can get back to that. Talk about the design on the interior because that's, you know, that's where people are going to be spending, obviously, the majority of the time inside the car, not just looking from the outside, which, of course, I love to do when no one's looking. Uh, this car has an SUV actually has beautiful screens in it. You have two enormous screens, one digital dash, and then one is it like a 15 inch vertical screen that you have there? Actually, every vehicle comes equipped with a 15 and a half touch screen. Uh, it does have one uh, inductive switch on the bottom to, to help navigate through the screens. And I tell you what, what we've learned about these EV customers, they are tech enthusiasts as much as they are car. So we yes, knew we this are. vehicle had to, they literally had to, to fuse together this iconic Mustang brand with the latest of technology uh, to really attract the customer. And the one thing that screen does, which is really amazing, is instead of being hard-coded, so prior to this, all of our versions of Sync were actually hard-coded, we've actually got a brand-new system in this car so that the screen continues to adapt to how you use it. So there's personal profilers that you set up uh, off your phone initially, so it knows when when Mark is driving the vehicle or Mitchell's driving the vehicle. And depending on which features and functions you use the most, Think about your home screen automatically changing to the things that you use the most. And I would give you a proxy of it. It's almost like Google when they start learning how you search. 
and they make it easier for you to find and do things because they learn from how you're interacting with it. The car does exactly the same thing. You know, I was a fan of Sync. I've always been a fan of Sync for a very long time. It was actually a trip to L.A. that Mitchell lent me his car. It was an Explorer, and I was just so so blown away with how far ahead it is of everything else. To see it in in a vehicle like this, I'm sure that's going to blow my mind, right? I I think, in fact, even our dealers, who obviously have been with us for a long time, have been really surprised at how sophisticated and easy and adaptive this this new system is. So I think think our... you know, if our dealers are heavily surprised, you can imagine the reaction from customers once they start uh, using the vehicle. Mark, when are we going to see the first ones hit the road uh, in terms of, you know, fulfilling reservations? Yeah, we've been saying late 2020, so a little bit shy of a year from now, you're going to start seeing them uh, come out on the, on the road. One of the things Mitchell and I were talking about was, you know, because there's so many, not roadblocks, but there's a lot of challenges in getting something like this off the road, quite, you know, literally, um, but also getting them on the road, you know, a network of charging stations. You guys are actually going to be partnering up with Volkswagen to use their charging network, correct? Yeah, the way I would word it, it's not just the Electrify America outlet. The one thing, we, we know people who haven't been driving EVs are a little bit concerned about, well, how, how accessible are the public charging yeah. stations? And the one challenge that we've been facing, and and the software that we put on this vehicle is designed to address this, is you don't see those big pylons off of the highway that say, you know, next exit, get your gas here, right, for electricity. So we have put together what we believe is going to be the largest charging network out of any manufacturer in the U.S. with over 12,500 charging stations. And to know where those charging stations are at, and this is all through uh, partners and relationships we have with companies like Electrify America and Greenlet where you can literally, from the vehicle or from the Ford Pass app, map your journey and very quickly identify all the charging stations on the road and which charging stations are within the network for Ford Pass to make sure that you're getting a super fair price for the charging. No, that's very smart. And of course, you just naturally, Mark, led me to the next question, which is when you're talking about an electric vehicle, especially uh, an electric SUV, you and most people want to know and they want to be comfortable about the actual range that they are getting. And this, I want to make sure I have this right, because I was kind of surprised by this in a positive way. Uh, when I was looking again, it, can, can you tell I kind of went on the site and started mapping out my own vehicle by the things that I already know? Oh, yeah. I, I'm sure it's pretty obvious, right? Yeah. So I was, and again, I start from the bottom and work my way up and look at the feature set what appeals to me, what I think I would need or want. And I looked at the, just for fun, I looked at the base model. And and again, we're talking like under 44,000 and of course, 36 and change if you're using that federal discount, uh, that, that, that that's the tax discount, of course. Um, was I correct? If you get a rear wheel drive of the base model, rear wheel base model, we're talking a range of about 230 miles. Is that right? Yeah, you got that right. So I can tell you've been to our website. Thanks. <laughs> that, that's, that, that, you know what? Yeah, that's a feat. That's, I think that's something worth pointing out because that kind of range is the kind of range that people will normally be paying a lot more money for on other vehicles. And you don't expect, I think, that much range with this much vehicle at that price point. It's kind of a, like the perfect storm. Yep, and once once you step up to the extended battery pack with the rear-wheel drive, so we have a larger battery pack that uh, we have in the vehicle as well, that's what gets you up to that 300-mile range number. Wow. That's nuts. Yeah, Mark, that's kind of crazy. I want, I want to get you back to the auto show. There's a lot of people, I'm sure, that are you know clamoring to get your attention. Thank you so much for joining us. We cannot wait to talk you know, in, in a couple months, I'm sure, with more updates as we get closer to that uh, first vehicle being on the road. Thank you for doing this, and, uh, and we hope to speak to you again very shortly. Thank you for your time, and happy to come back on and give you updates as uh, we get closer to launch. Thank you. That is Mark Kaufman from our friends over at Ford. We're going to take a quick break and come back and speak to Renee Ritchie, who knows uh, a 
uh, a little bit about a little company named Apple. Stick around. It is your tech report. He is Mitchell Whitfield. I am Arka Flower. There's more Your Tech Report after this. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's take this outside. A new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's take this outside. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca.